0: Well, you, know you're making everything.
1: <laughs> Ooh, you think that you're about to hear some gin and juice right there, but we actually dropping some on 10 by Sticks. Pretty excited to come at you guys live from the All Mindset Studio. You notice your boy Cena Azari, CEO accredited out there on Instagram with my boy, the People's Advisor, Matt Francina. Yo, what's up? Fire Friday. Hope you guys are having a great day. Fire Friday, huh? How you doing,
0: man? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm fantastic. I'm doing good. Today's five years married for me. Hey,
1: congratulations, man. I appreciate you being in the studio doing your anniversary. Hopefully, the the wifey's uh, appreciating that. Yeah, well, she's
0: uh, (laughs) pregnant as hell and still sleeping, (laughs) I think.
1: (laughs) That's good stuff, man. Well, I'm pretty excited to uh, bring to you guys a phenomenal entrepreneur, big-time guest here that's just well-known in Orange County. Uh, all over the real estate map actually he's probably global as we dig deeper into it but he's based out of Orange County our man Andy Dane Carter is here live man what you been up to Andy how you doing
2: I'm doing very well thank you for having me gentlemen
1: I've I've, I've been pretty excited to uh, follow a lot of your progression your story and this artist that we just uh, listened to uh, the song by Styx Uh, tell me about that man I mean that's that's fire we heard that you recently now going into the into the music business
2: yeah so it was it was kind of you know like quiet for about a year, year and a half, but we started this music company and then we started a music sync licensing company that turned into like a branding agency and marketing. So we have that thing right underneath Andy Dane Media and we sign artists and we, you know, sell stuff. There's so many artists out there that have a bunch of beats and music on a hard drive in their desk. So what we do is we take it, we we have this huge machine that we just kind of upload it to. Everything gets meta tagged and we ship it out to all the commercials and agencies and they pick it up and they buy it and then the artist gets paid and so do we. So it's a great way to create revenue.
1: That's what you call right here the businessman and you know before we dig deeper into that I wanted to get a chance for all of our listeners to know where they can hear you and, and find you out there that haven't had the privilege yet meeting you. Andy I know you're all over social media. You mind maybe sharing with our listeners where they can find you out there? Sure yeah absolutely. So
2: it's pretty much the same handles everywhere. Andy Dane Carter at Andy Dane Carter is on Instagram, Andy Dane Carter on Facebook, um, we've got a public figure page for that, Andy Dane Carter one on Twitter, YouTube, um, I put a lot of content on YouTube, a lot of free stuff for the investor, for the entrepreneur, it's at Andy Dane Carter is my page, you just have to type that in and you'll find me all over Google and the internet. Man,
1: you, you Google A-N, it'll drop <laughs> down in Google to Andy Dane Carter, man, I mean this guy is uh, the author real estate entrepreneur, now music, uh, media producer, legend, um, family man. Uh, I mean, it's uh, the, the list goes on and on. And I'm excited to dig deeper into, into a lot more of what's been going
0: on in Andy's world. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool to see how you're doing all this stuff. But like, where does it all stem from, right? Because you've got these four things taking up a lot of your time, um, which you, I'm sure you love and kind of talking before we get going that you... It's just in your DNA, right? Like, you, your whole family is, like, all gas all the time, you said. But where where does it stem from? Like, what, what have you always been an entrepreneur, and these are just the things you're working on currently, or is this, like, the new wave in your life?
2: It's, like, a little bit of both, but I've had fire for as long as I can remember. Like, I was a really bad student, as we have some friends that were, too, and I just never got into <laughs> school. I always knew I wanted to be out and working. I started hustling, and my first job was at 12, and I just was kind of that kid that was, like, I was a really good athlete, but I was also always had this business, you know, kind of man, like mindset in head. And I just, I was, it was pretty much unsatiable because I was like, what is school doing for me? I literally did not like it, right. but that was what you did, you know, back in 90, 91, 92, like you went to school and you went to college. So I was just like, well, I'm going to work. I don't really need school.
1: Well, you said it, it, it's all mindset. It goes back to the age of 12. What did you start doing at 12 that was uh, business oriented or that you knew that you're going to be an entrepreneur?
2: So, it goes all the way back to, like, I was a poor kid. I was raised really poor. So, I was raised in a one-bedroom apartment with my mom and my little brother. We didn't have a refrigerator. We actually lived out of a cooler. And oh, then wow. we moved to, like, a little bit of a nicer area. Well, there was these rich kids that had all this great stuff. And I was like, well, what's? I want some of that stuff. You know, but we were poor. So, I knew, like, my mom couldn't afford it. If I wanted, I had to go get it. And there was this wetsuit. That I really wanted it was like 300 bucks it might have been 3,000 back then and so I was like how am I gonna do this I sold like chocolate bars for my baseball team I took everybody's chocolate bar sold everything in like a week went door to door just handled that hustle but I went to this one business I went from business to business like to see if anybody would just let me do anything and one guy was a silk screener he used to do shirts and he let me silk screen like he let me clean the screens in this like horrible area in the back with like a power hose I would do it after school every day until I had the money for the wetsuit.
0: Wow, man, who could relate? That's amazing. That's pretty cool. It's like having, the, having something to chase, right, is, is important. To. And um, there's so many people that want to look at it from two sides. Like how, chasing that thing is materialistic or whatever, but in, in the end, it's just usually someone not willing to put in the work to get it at saying that. But that's cool. From 12 years old, that's a serious hustle.
2: And I never stopped. I went from that, then I worked when I was... Fourteen, I worked at El Pollo Loco, and I was still way too young to be working there. My friend's dad actually owned it, so I got to work under the radar. And that's I
1: cool. Scooped
2: ice cream at Baskin Robbins, and then I was a bar back. And I thought I was twenty one. I was seventeen, so I started bartending when I was in high school. Like I've literally <laughs> been on this full blown. I'm gonna get it, like without help or with help. I don't really care, but I'm still gonna get
1: it. Yeah, and that fire is still ignited, man. You could tell. So for the last uh, decade or so, you've been in the RE business, real mm-hmm. estate. How how do you transition from What you were doing into now saying you know what it's all about the law of the land,
2: hundred percent, and it's just I had this unbelievable mentor when I was 19 years old and I was in school to kind of be a fireman, and his name is Walt Babcock, you know this restaurant that we talked about a bit, a little bit beforehand, and he was paying himself twenty five to twenty six thousand dollars a month rent for where his business was, and the first time I saw him in the office writing the check, I was like oh that must be his cut. Because the restaurant's doing so well, it's like a three hour wait every night. And he just looked at me with these eyes. I tell this story a lot. He said, Oh no, Andy, this is my rent to myself. He goes, My cut is 100 grand a month. And I go, Oh shit. Wow. And he said, He like looked at me with these eyes I'll never forget. And he goes, Andy, always buy the dirt.
1: Always buy the dirt. And I it love just that.
2: stuck in my brain. I was 19 and I never left.
1: Wow, man, I love that. What great advice. Actually, I, I have not not yet heard that before and I love it. Always by the dirt. So you you get into the RE business and and now you're actually one of the one one of the brokers uh, officers out here in California, which one of the toughest states to be a broker in. So congratulations. Able to build a team, you have agency, you've gone from student to being the teacher, you're you're a mentor. Uh, you're also a published author. Talk to us about 100 doors. You know, I I that's a very catchy title. Walk us through how you come up with 100 doors, the message behind it.
2: Sure, sure. So I mean, it was a mindset thing for me. and Everything is mindset. That's why I love your guys' title. I love what you guys are doing here. Literally everything is between your ears. You Thank can you. do whatever. So for me, I kind of learned this whole hustle with real estate kind of by accident. I was burnt out. I was working as a wine sommelier for a huge company. Wow, Super, sommelier. super burned. And I was going to take a month off. And they said, absolutely not. No one's ever taken a month off in this company ever. I was also there like... Probably their number one producer around. And I said, I'm just cooked.
1: Doing, doing wine? Producing?
2: Yeah, wine. Just sales. I was selling wine for this big company. And so I literally took a month off. And I felt so good in 30 days. I'm like, there's no way I'm going back. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I didn't work for a year and a half. I got really healthy. I dropped like almost 50 pounds because I was super unhealthy. And I started racing triathlons. I got certified to teach yoga. I got really deep into meditation. And it shifted my whole like life perspective, and I was unwilling to give up that happiness to go back into some corporate grind. I was unwilling to do it, so I was like, "What am I gonna do? Like, what can I do to make money?" Because I was also bored. Like, I'm a hustler by heart, by trade. So I was really happy and really healthy, but I missed that part. I missed the money and the grind and the and the hunt. I missed the hunt of the deal. And I had a really good buddy. He's like, "Why don't you do real estate?" He goes you're a really smart guy you've like literally owned four or five companies why don't you just get into real estate and I said all right and like that day sat in my backyard a big bonfire wouldn't do a deep meditation and that's I just got the answers I got that this is where you're going Like, okay
1: so now we go from re published author certified yogi
2: yeah I mean (laughs) that's impressive
1: man Mm sommelier uh so many people don't even know what a sommelier is I mean it, it it's impressive and Walk us through now what the significance of 100 means for 100 doors. Is it knocking on 100 doors, uh, having 100 clients?
2: You want to have 100 doors, so that can come in many different forms. You could own 100 houses, you could have a 100 unit building with 100 doors, but the goal and the mindset behind 100 doors is, one, anybody can do it. If you're 25 years old and you don't think it's possible, I'm going to explain to you how it is possible, but the whole mindset around it is once you hit 100 doors it's kicking you off $1000 a month per door in like passive income you're at just about 1.2 million a year for doing nothing and you can live on that trust me it's it's awesome and <laughs> this guys live in proof and, and and it's it it really changes the way you look at life and once i and i worked really hard trust me th- this was not always the case where i could actually just come do a podcast i gr- i grinded every day all day to build this. And you're
1: still grinding, man. You can tell you're just having a lot of fun doing it.
2: I'm never going to stop. I mean, for
1: those of the listeners that can't see you, he looks like he just stepped off a yacht. He's got a nice fresh tan. Looks like maybe he just got a facial coming off of uh, the Caribbean. I mean, do you you travel a lot?
2: I used to, but now I've got two kids, two and four. And with our first child, we went all over the world. Like he's, he has a very stamped up passport, but the second child was just like, maybe we should just stay at home a little more, a little more family time. So that's been good.
1: That's awesome, man. So, of this traveling, where's maybe your some of your most favorite destinations? Uh, top three.
2: Top three, uh, for sure. Like, I absolutely love, love Europe. Like, all over Europe. But I, I love Ireland. Like, it's like my homeland. I'm Irish. I'm from there. And just the whole country is so nice. Like, everybody's so, so nice. And I, I love the coast of Italy. You know, it's like... It's hard to beat that. I mean, the food, the people, it's absolutely amazing.
0: Without having been there, I'm pretty sure I agree with you. It's, um, it's magic. The
2: Amalfi
1: Coast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, be, being a wine guy uh, and also an RE, what a great combo. When you travel, are you usually looking at the, I guess, at the land and, and sort of feeling out what the RE looks like in those places? Are, are you an investor internationally or is that something that you want to add to your portfolio? A
2: hundred percent. So, the beauty is my wife is Italian. So, she is a legal Italian citizen. So, I, we, can buy land there. That's and cool. we can buy property there so and she she wants a piece there at some point so i'm sure we'll be doing that as of right now i keep all, my entire portfolio is all in the u.s but i'm always looking to i'm i'm always open for options are you
1: a chianti I fan too or love chianti I it's love one of my chianti.
2: favorite places around that's, that's one of the best values in italy wow just i mean absolutely magical magical bottles of wine for 20 bucks
0: you speak any italian
2: No, I thought it's my wife. I speak some Spanish. That's that's just like Southern California. Yeah, right. Everyone has a little bit. A little bit of Spanish. So
0: you're talking about traveling and places you like. You mentioned basically Europe, right? Um, You've got a lot of Japanese tattoo work, right? For anyone that can't see you in here. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome piece. And from what I hear, there's a lot of work done that's still yet to be revealed, right? And kind of healing up. But I know you've got a really cool story that kind of is all behind the work that you have done. Why don't you get into kind of sharing, um, how, how did it go? Like what was the first tattoo and how did it evolve? Cause it, it obviously was hours of work.
2: Yeah, no, there was uh, six hours, like literally just done yesterday. Um, nice. so, so yeah, I got my first tattoo when I was probably 18 in one hour. So I got my first piece on my back.
0: And so that means you were waiting. Like I was for like, when I turned 18, my
2: mom can't stop me. Like, it's just, I'm going to do it anyway. It seems like one of the
0: first things you talked about doing at the actual age, you're supposed to do it, right? You were, you were bartending at like 14 or something right. like that and doing all these things before 18, but you couldn't get a tattoo.
2: I just waited. I, like there was one thing I was going to wait. And every single one of my pieces, and I've got my back done, my arms and my, you know, leg. Now they're all thought out. Like every single one has taken me a long time to really like, is this supposed to be there? They're all very spiritual and very deep meaning for for me and this one piece that's on my leg it's basically this humongous koi fish and it's swimming up this stream with this waterfall and then it goes to these two humongous temples where the samurais are but the reason why that that story is always like spoke to me and resonated is when I was young
1: you're still young man come on no no, I know (laughs) I'm actually
2: 41 uh and I feel I here's the funny thing is I would love to go back and tell my 25 year old version of myself like Like, listen, bud. Right now, you think it's over at forty-one. You're gonna be stronger, healthier, fitter, wiser, and have way more energy than you do right now at twenty-five. And I'd be like, "Oh shit, I have more time than cool." And it's crazy because I have another fifty years of investing in me.
1: That's cool, man. I love it. Fifty. So,
2: so like, I love this story because it's the story of like how the koi turned into the dragon. And it's all about, like, mindset and perseverance and swimming upstream. So how the story goes is thousands of years ago, there was 2,000 koi fish that were swimming upstream to try to find a new place to live. And koi, you know, symbolize a lot of things in, like, you know, the lore of a lot of different cultures, especially in Asia. So the koi fish, you know, represents strength and power and beauty and sustainability. And so the koi, they swam up the stream for hundreds and hundreds of miles, hundreds of miles for years, and they get to this giant waterfall. So the giant waterfall looks like it's impossible to get up. And half of the koi fish turn around because they start swimming back downstream because they think it's impossible. And then after 100 years, the other 48% turn around and six of them stay. So six koi fish in this giant you know, lake basically at the end of a river refuse to give up. We're going to get up this 100-foot waterfall. We don't know how yet, but we're going get to get there. So after a 1,000 years of trying, one of them finally made it to the top. And so all of the different, you know, people and gods that were there that watched these fish work their face off, like against every odd there was, and still wouldn't give up and turn around, they were granted to become a dragon. So that's where they first came from, was when the koi fish were under the top of the waterfall, they became a dragon. And that's where the six dragons first came from, is after... After one made it, the other five knew it was possible. The leader. So I've always loved that story. I didn't really know I was going to get the full story tattooed in like hours and hours of pain on my body, but I did. And but and did. that
1: tattoo style isn't the uh, traditional, you know, machine type uh, needles. Right? I mean, they're they're manually, oh, like, pound. I, I don't know what the name of that that style is, but it was the traditional Japanese tattooing where they tradition is
2: It's a very traditional style, but I still use the machine. You did, or okay. Or I'd still be sitting there. I got you. <laughs> I got still, you. I so have you had t- one
1: of those where they're, they're doing it the old school way and, and actually I the have, traditional way still today? I have
2: not. I love them, but I refuse to like have one of those here. So okay. I only want to get one in Japan That's or That's cool, somewhere.
1: man. That's cool. I like that. So, you know, I I know the hundred doors, you broke that down, this story about the koi fish turning into dragons. uh, Thank you for educating because that's actually something that I just learned right now. Did you know about that? No, man,
0: it's a pretty cool story. And I think it's, uh, it relates so well to what's happening right now in the world because of technology. We have access to seeing what people do, whereas before we didn't. So you can actually watch someone kind of quote, swim up the waterfall and, and make it right. So these big entrepreneurial figures that are transparent in what's going on. Like your Gary V's, Andy Frasellas, like Grant Cardone, all these different guys out there. Mm-hmm. They're like the dragons that have made it sort of thing. Right. And think they're proof to swim up. And then it's our responsibility, like this podcast and connecting with people to do the same thing. Right. So like that next generation can keep seeing and doing And it's, it's cool to see the movement happen, but that story ties in. Well, I've never heard it. And I, I love know. it. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I want to ask you a question about the hundred doors. Mm-hmm. Did you, know at some point that you said, that's the goal I got to tackle. I'm going a hundred doors and I got to hit that number. Or did you even look and say, what makes me successful? Wow. Everybody needs to learn to get to the hundred doors. And you like formulated the plan to write the book about where you found yourself.
2: What? Sure. It was literally just a target. It was a goal and it was a target to see if I could do it. It was the same thing with anything I've done in my life. Most things I do, I've never done them before. Like I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to figure it out. Like I was 17. I never bartended. I'm going to figure it out. I didn't know how to do a lot of things and I just will figure them out. So I set this goal. I'm like, I need to make $100,000 a month and then I'll be happy. Well, like most goals, once you get there, you're like, well, that was awesome for like an hour. Like what's next? It's how I'm built and how I'm wired. But the biggest thing for me to actually write the book and put pen to paper is no one taught me any of this stuff. I didn't learn this in high school. I didn't learn this in college speaking to these unbelievably wise professors that I lasted like one year of college. And it, it just made sense for me that when I was speaking to one of my lenders and this was, I was super green in real estate. I'm going to go, wait a minute, I can only put down 3.5%. and I can buy a building and I can live in one of the units. And now I was only qualified to 500, but now I'm qualified to 1.2 because all of the income that comes off of those rents is now my income. So my DTI goes through the roof. Wait a minute. Like there's something here, and so that's what I did. I didn't buy a house. I bought a fourplex, and I lived in one of the units, and I rented out the other three, that let me live for free plus a thousand. So I was making a thousand dollars a month living in my two-bedroom, one-bath unit out of one out of the four, and I still own it today. It's like I love that building. It's just it's and it's it's such a testament to like it's possible. I put down seventeen thousand. And the beauty of that is my commission for that building, because I was in real estate, was 20 Right. So, like, I got the building for free. Right. That's amazing. And I got to live there for free, plus the building paid me. And now it's worth $1.6. So I now have a, over a million in equity. Like, that's why I love real estate. And if you're listening right now and you're in your 20s and 30s, like, don't buy a house. Like, I'm just going to tell you straight up, like, don't buy more debt for your house. I'm sure you already have a car that you're super debted to. But if you have an asset that you do everything backwards that you were taught. Don't buy a house, buy an income property, duplex, triplex, or fourplex, because it falls under residential income and residential laws and lending. It's really easy to get them. And if you live in one of the units, you can live for free. If you're building a hustle, if you're if you're like a music artist or if you're in this space, if you're in like the financial services and you're really trying to grind, like have a business in your asset. I help kids all the time that are doing startups. They're like trying to make the next app. And I'm like, who has 20 grand? They're like, well, we have five and six. I'm like, cool. Put that all together. Buy it under an LLC. You guys can own the property together. You guys can live in two of the units. Rent out the other two to fully offset your asset. And now you're done. So once you really need some capital, you can suck out 100 grand or 200 grand to get your app done. And I have a place to live. Right,
0: Investor right there. I love that. So yeah. is it fair to say that someone who's following a lot of your content, this is scratching the surface where you go deep into these concepts and how to do it? and
2: Absolutely. And so like it's the book really gives you the blueprint. And we're in Southern California. So we're in one of the hottest, most expensive markets there is. I moved to Cleveland and Nashville and Missouri to buy income properties because what I can buy an eight unit building for in like Missouri, for example, that cash flows 2000 a month. I can't buy half a condo for here, so for one hundred and eighty thousand, I'm closing eight and ten unit buildings all day. I love it, and that's 20, thirty grand out of my pocket. Not I love it. Th- Three
1: hundred. I'm I'm getting fired up just listening to you, and I wanted to share with our listeners for this next week. You want to maybe share with them how they can get their hands on this book and what it'll cost them.
2: Yeah, sure. So it's free this week.
1: This week, free.
2: Free on my website com. and you can hit. Download and you can hit translate. You can hit whatever language you want to hear it in. That's we'll cool. just, we'll, no we'll excuses, free. It's a hundred pages, it'll take you a hundred minutes to read it, and you literally have zero excuses. Zero
1: right?
0: excuses if it ain't free, it ain't me. That's right. Yeah, you, I said, said, uh, you said um, all these languages you can hear it in. Is it audio also? Uh,
2: not yet. Okay, it's going to be audio in about 60 days. Nice,
0: that's awesome. So, you alluded to something earlier that kind of proves that all mindset, right? You said that if you made a hundred thousand dollars. Or if you had $100, right, then you'd be happy. And then you're like, yeah, for like a minute. And then I go on to this. So would you say it's not the the end goal getting there that makes you happy, but it's the path of going towards these goals and like the journey?
2: The, it's so funny. You, you literally hit like five of the words that are tattooed on this side of my arm. Really? That's in cool. like Sanskrit for only me to know. It says right here in Sanskrit, super ancient writing. I believe in the journey and I trust in the path. The art is in the journey, and my life is a masterpiece. It's always the journey. That's really cool. The end is just the little like, like just the cherry. But if you don't enjoy the process, you're never going to get there. It's too hard. If you don't fall in love with the pain of the journey, and the excitement of the unknown, you just can't get there.
1: You know, Andy, you set some pretty big goals for yourself, and you, um, Fortunately, you've attained many of them, but I'm sure there's some shortfalls that you've come across in the road. That's part of growing many, and being an entrepreneur. Many. where, where, where do you dig deep to to stay so motivated? I mean, well, how do you how do you reflect back to being as fired up as you are and overcoming those hurdles and challenges and building this empire that you've created for yourself?
2: Sure. So, I mean, I trust me, I have been in highs and lows of my life in multiple different times. I used to suffer from like severe depression. And anxiety when everybody thought like everything was amazing I'm like but I was struggling inside ended up drinking way too much I was in rehab just over 10 years ago from just drinking way too much and it's just I mean life is going to come at you always like so highs and lows are going to be part of the journey it's a lot easier for me now I've got two kids so for me it's legacy and it's long game and it's the journey of that and really teaching my boys the right way like and i Love Gary for this, but it's like he talks about Honey Empire. And like living, I always get goosebumps too. Living by example is such a magical thing. It comes with a lot of responsibility, especially nowadays when everything's on. Like
1: that's right. It's there's a podcast, it's mm-hmm. being
2: recorded, it's being filmed. Like this is on. So to do things right every single day is hard for some people. But my kids, every morning, it's like that joy and that fire. Like they are my why. My family, my wife, my kids are like that's it, like my why. So, for me, those hard days that really suck, I'm just like, I just want to crawl under a rock and just give up. It's just not possible.
0: So I want you got to expand on that a little bit, just because there's so many people out there. I'm I'm wired like you. I got a family. I got a kid on the way. Mm -hmm. I work a ton, and they're my why. Like it's really what drives you. But a lot of people confuse. Doing it, like that being the fuel to accomplish this, to provide with saying like, no, nah, you, you need to be here more or do this more. And it's like, sure I don't know, not, they can't wrap their head around that. But a lot of times it's usually the same person again, who's just not willing to, to do it. And it's an excuse.
2: It's mindset. Um, Everything is mindset. And it's, it's so great that you guys brought that up. It's so important. So many people think that like, I'm going to be happy with a certain amount of commas and zeros in the bank. I can tell you that's not true. I know a lot of very wealthy people that are absolutely miserable, miserable souls. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned and what I've figured out is that it's like it's these four pillars. Like I take care of my body in the morning. I work out. I take care of my, you know, spiritual mind in the morning. I meditate. I take care of my family. I make breakfast for my family every morning. That's so cool. The nanny shows up at 7. I make her breakfast. I get the house all ready and dialed in for the day. And then I handle my business. And I'm home by three o'clock every single day. I made a promise to my son when he was born. Like, I don't care how much money I have or don't have. Like, my goal is to be your father and your dad. Like, that's, that's cool. it. So, like, because you can work a thousand hours and have no connection with your children. And what are you really doing? Mm-hmm. Cool. You have some cool stuff. Congratulations. Your kids are broken.
1: Wow! Right. Wow! I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And you know, adding onto your plate—I should have said chef—you know, cooking breakfast for the family before you head out for the day and the nanny—pretty impressive. You know, recently you've also added a podcast to the portfolio: Bulletproof Real Estate. Talk us through that. What what can your listeners sort of pick up from uh, logging into Bulletproof Real Estate? Where can they hear that on iTunes, SoundCloud? Where where are you syndicated at?
2: I'm actually on iTunes right now. I'm on iHeartRadio. I'm on Spotify. SoundCloud. I think goes live next week. Um, I think we're on Stitcher as well. It's just, it was really important for me to have some place for somebody to get some free information. Same thing with YouTube, same thing with podcasting. I just think, and I tell all my clients, I tell the people that work for me, like, go listen to podcasts when you're driving. Be mindful of what you're ingesting. Like, the radio tells you what to listen to. The news tells you what to listen to. A podcast, you get to choose what you ingest mentally. It's crucial for your mindset what you take in. It changes the tone of your day, which is why my meditation practice is a non-negotiable every morning. It's the first thing I do. Meditate for 10 minutes, then I sit in gratitude for five minutes, and I talk about it on the podcast. I talk about like it's not just real estate investing, it's not just, it's mindset. Your day will come at you like a two by four in the wind. If you're not ready for it mentally, as you guys know, you'll get taken off your feet, and you waste six, seven hours a day stuck in victim mentality of like, ooh, this happened to me. No, that happened for you, for a lesson for you to extract from it, to grow and expand. So without that clear mindset in the morning, I'm I'm wrecked. So the podcast talks a lot about real estate, investing and tips and wholesaling, how to get into the market, knowing your market. But what it really dives deep into, kind of as like a subconscious that I drop in, is that like family first, take care of your body, be healthy, Because without that, you can't produce. And if you're the only hunter, gatherer, producer in your family, you better take care of your body and your mind to have the capacity to hunt.
0: I hear that. Yeah, there's so much continuing to come to the surface, how your your mental posture will affect your physical posture, your physical posture will then come back and affect your mental posture. And so... It's like that yin and yang thing, like we need both, right? You got to feed your mind, you got to feed your body right, work out, it helps your mind. Like there's all these connections and it's, it's cool. I like paying attention to it. It's, it's They're awesome all connected. Like we're all
2: connected. Everything is connected. And once you really remove yourself from like this giant ego that a lot of us possess, like if we're all just like living these incredible experiences together, life gets real fun.
1: Well said. Right? Like yeah, it's absolutely. so much more
2: fun. Then like oh I have this and you don't yeah so what right the biggest tell for me if you're losing is you're just measuring every day what somebody else has around the corner
1: wow that was that was uh, on point right there man I love everything you share uh, you said mindset several times if you were to maybe educate a, a younger or newer entrepreneur that wants to join the re business. What would your advice be to them for maybe the first 90, 100, 20 days, or even six months? What should they focus on? Or if you could really empower them to get a head start, what, what would you educate them on and give them some advice to do?
2: Sure. So as soon as you have your license, as soon as you have access to the MLS, real estate's its own language, as you guys know. And when you first have that big program pop up, it's like someone just trying to make you learn how to speak Chinese, Japanese, Hindu, and Spanish all in the same time. It's very confusing. It's difficult. I locked myself basically in a room and taught myself how to become a ninja on the MLS because I saw the value of the platform. And the faster I could move on that platform, the faster I could get deals in the pipeline, the faster I could build relationships with banks and investors to make a lot of money. So people always are afraid of it, so they don't do it. The first thing they don't do, they'd rather go knock on doors and face that fear than the fear of failure on the, learning the MLS because it's a massive tool nowadays. You don't even have to be licensed. You can become a ninja on like realtor.com. Mm-hmm. However, you can get the data the fastest to somebody like me who pays cash. I talked to a kid yesterday who literally follows me on Instagram. And he said, hey, I've got this property in North Hollywood and it's a duplex. I need your help. And he thought like he wanted my help just to help him value the property and see what he could sell it for. I told him it was a great price. And if you could get it for $300 less, he could write the offer, and he could have his first commission. He got it down, 325 dollars We wrote it up.
1: Wow. So nice.
2: He's going to make 30 dollars because he follows me on Instagram.
1: That's awesome.
2: And he didn't think I was going to answer the phone. I go, call me right now. And he DM'd me. I called. It His time. It was perfect. I was literally at my office on the MLS. I valued the property. It was a super hard-to-get duplex in the Hollywood Hills.
1: I like that. So this guy's humble, selfless, uh, make sure you uh, reach out to him, Andy, Dane, Carter, DM him, I mean, responding back. So many people think that when, I guess they're intimidated when they see someone with so many followers and such a great influence that they hesitate to reach out and try to get that voice in there.
2: You got to have the ask. Yeah. Like, I and it's it's me on my phone. My team does a lot for me, and I'm not going to try to pretend like they don't, because they do. I'd be nothing without them. But when you hit me up, and if I respond, that's me. That's cool. And you're
0: getting straight to me. Which, yeah, that's cool. It's so underestimated. The the you know right, it goes down in the DM, right? Like Agreed. There's so much stuff that you can you can connect with anyone in the world, and if they happen to come across your your message and talk with you, it's like there's been four people
2: that have literally timed it perfect. Where like I have a full DM, it'll drop in, I'll hit it. It'll be some new person in real estate usually, and I'll say shoot me an email. They're like this isn't you, and I'm yeah. like <laughs> I'll take a picture of me like doing something. What
1: a nice guy. And, and then it's like
2: <laughs> this is me. And we'll start talking, and it's it's crazy because it's all over the place. Like yeah. they're all over the world. People want to get into the U.S. market for investing reasons and everything else. And it's it's so nice to see the younger crowd really taking control of their finances. And everybody's whining about the millennials and this. I'm like, just watch out. When is are about to take over the planet.
1: Wow, man, I agree with you. I think uh, I'm a, I'm a big believer as the founder of the Millennials Leadership Network. Uh, strength in numbers. You know, 90, 92 million strong. And uh, once the millennials start to recognize um, how how much impact they have working together closer, uh, you would start to see a lot more influence. Uh, I, I think it's a lot, just really about leadership. They've they've just been disappointed in being stereotyped as lazy or, uh, you know, trying to be spoon-fed, et cetera, whereas I'm, I'm, I don't believe that. I mean, what are your thoughts? People's advisor, you know, being a millennial I'm, financial advisor, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? You, you know what
0: I think a huge part of it is is that there's a whole group of people that have been doing – whatever it is that they're leading in, in their industry for a long time. And then the millennial crowd comes in and doesn't just take things for what it said, but they're looking at it and saying like, you do nothing that you're asking or telling me to do. And there's little proof that you ever did do it or you did do it the way I need to do it. So the the places that are gonna be the most successful are the ones that are still like grinding, using that, um, you know, the speed of the leader is the speed of the pack type of mentality. And are running with the people they're trying to bring on board and showing by example on some level like you you got a guy on the phone, you said, let's close the deal. I'm going to help you do it. It wasn't even just telling you you got engaged and you did stuff. I've had way too many experiences with people at previous corporate type positions where we were working that it was just telling you to do this. And then Them also being the one to like stop and try to put a lid in front of you to say, well, hold on a minute, you're getting it further than me. And there's not this willingness to like give up to go up. And I'm all about sharing and growing and develop. And I think that is the way to connecting with that, our generation and really bringing them in and unifying them because people are scared that the older crowd is going to take advantage of them. And it's the, it's the forefront of a huge change happening.
1: I love it. Well, uh, Andy, Dane, Carter, you got so much going on on your plate. What's next? What's the next three to five years looking for you?
2: Wow. Um, Like, I literally look at my life in 90-day chunks. So, and I'm I'm really, really, it's like, it's completely changed my life. Like, I set 90-day goals and targets, and I collapse time. I can get done in 90 days, but it takes most people a year to even try to start to figure out. And I, it's, again, it goes back to my mornings. I said definitive timestamps, definitive goals. This has to be done by Wednesday at 2 o'clock or, like, shit's about to hit the fan. And I actually am, and I hold myself accountable to these things, too. But I'm also soft. Like, if, if I don't hit them, I do what's called course correcting. So I don't sit there and be like, I missed that. I'm like, okay, I didn't hit this to its fullest. What can I do now? I'm constantly moving in the right direction. But the 90-day goals, 90-day targets are everything to move forward. You have to have a map. And you have to have a goal that's going to drive you forward. Five years for me, I would really like to take over the majority of the Cleveland rental market, <laughs> which is what I'm trying to do right now. Watch I out, Ohio. He's coming. I see, I, see it, I see a lot of value there. I'm in there pretty deep right now. Just, It's a really good place, and the Midwest is an amazing place to invest, and it's an amazing place to cut your teeth. Because you can buy a duplex there for 60 grand.
1: So are you are you broken your own deals out there Do you have partners in Ohio that you're working with?
2: Yeah so I do most of my deals out there but I'm not licensed out there so I let the agents take everything bring me a deal, I'll take it down and I've created a crew out there we've got you know construction we've got like a management company and now I'm flying out my friends who they can't buy out here because it's ridiculous and they're like when are we going to Cleveland oh, and, wow. and it's and it's here's the best part is you can get to Cleveland, for 130 dollars round trip, if you fly just like the basic, 40 bucks to rent a car for like three days, and you could stay at like an Embassy Suites, nice place, have breakfast made for you. I can go out I there. I love and respect your humility, man. 100 percent. Like
1: it. I love it. 500 bucks.
2: I in, I'm I'm in meeting with my property managers, drive my real estate, and fly home. I don't see like the stuff I own here in LA that much
1: I mean you're, you're so successful everyone is talking about flying private uh, Airbnb and mansions having drivers I mean you just broke down what uh, the average Joe can really put together scrap together and get out there and makes some makes them happen so and it's a
2: tax write off 500 bucks comes right off the books it's the yeah. it's the best and listen I love private that's great but it's just it's I don't know I just can't I just can't get out of like and plus if you like if you want those things which I'm sure at some point I'm going to Maybe, but like I'm gonna let my tenants pay for it. Like I'm, I, that's how my whole life is. <laughs> that's been.
1: so cool. There's investors and consumers, man. You're listening to the investor right here, Andy Dane Carter. So you know, you you briefly uh, referenced uh, Gary V a few times. How'd you end up looking, linking up with him?
2: It's we, I, that's a crazy story with that man. So we so we linked up just about a year ago in New York. But I found his content almost two years ago when I was just kind of like bored, like. Life was good, you know, I just had my second child, but, you know, things were great. I just bought this restaurant and Tavern in Long Beach, this super successful bar and restaurant now, and, like, I just, I was doing a bunch, and my wife's speech pathology clinics were taking off. She's a very successful entrepreneur in her own right, and so we stayed super busy. I was just bored. I was just, I needed some fire. Like most men get that, you know, are, and women, you get to a place where you're, you hit a ceiling almost in your own mental capacity. I'm like, what's, what's bigger? What's more? I didn't have a website. I wasn't on social media. I was just this, this, like, just yeah, like right about two years ago. And I saw the, the gap that was starting to pull away from me where like my business is, can only be word of mouth for so long. And I'm not helping really anybody but myself and my investors and, like, the, my small little group. And, like, I heard him speak. I was just like, dude, that guy sounds exactly like me. He got terrible grades. He's been a hustler since he was a kid. He's into Hustlers. wine. He, he's super into wine. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, loves to cuss and loves to speak on stage as I do. I'm like, I'm going to keep listening. And I literally listened to him for, like, three straight nights. So, like, four, five in the morning straight. I'm like, this dude's on something. And he put this thing out when he was on the interview with I think like, I think it was Tony Robbins doing his like Ask v show, and he's like, I'm gonna do this thing. It's gonna be in New York. It's gonna be expensive. But if somebody wants to do it, shoot me an email. I was on my phone emailing his team, and then like two months later, somebody hit me up and is like, Hey, there's this program we're doing. You know, it's gonna be whatever. It's gonna be like ten grand to come out and do this thing like in his office for business. As when he first launched 4D's last oh, year. Oh
0: right, right.
2: And uh, I was like, Well, I'm in. And they did like an interview process and whatever. And I flew out there. was in New York for three days and spent a lot of time with him and his teams and his top CEOs. And if you're on this, if you're listening to this podcast, it's one of the best investments I made last year. So I learned a lot. I followed him for a year, then basically ingested everything he had. But when I got there, he was the same dude. That's cool. And I really resonated with that. I was like, he's the same. Like, He's. this is not show, he really has a big heart and cares, like I do, and he just kind of put me on blast a little bit, where he's like, why don't you just give away all your stuff for free? That's cool. I'm like, all of it? All of it for free? Like, all my knowledge that I've spent all this money on and time? He's like, yeah, yeah for free. Help as many people as you can, and don't be selfish. I go, okay. And I did. And it's made me a happier person.
1: That's cool. You've mentioned uh, legacy a couple of times during this conversation. What does legacy mean to you? How, how does uh, Andy Dane Carter want to be remembered?
2: I want there to be a lot of people at my wake and a lot of people that just said, you know what? My life was better
0: because I knew them.
1: Like, just that. I love it, man. I love it.
0: You do that enough times and your life will be as good as you could have ever imagined it, right? I
2: I had no idea it was going to feel this good. I don't care if I go to zero tomorrow. I still have that feeling. And my level of gratitude is through the roof. And, like, I get choked up. I'm a big, you know strong guy, but like, I'm also very emotional and a very passionate person. Like just talking about legacy and thinking about my kids, like if they're like 70 at my funeral or like, it just chokes me up and how much time I have to make a big difference and really, really make an impact.
0: Well, you're doing it, man. And it's exciting to watch. Thank you
1: yeah absolutely man I want to thank you Andy, Dane, Carter for coming out here for impacting all the individuals man your legacy definitely lives strong your presence is there you're a selfless individual I'm, I'm blessed and happy to have met you thank you for visiting our studio any final words or last thoughts you want to leave with our listeners?
2: no just keep on following this podcast they've got a lot of great content here I love what you guys are
1: doing yeah, I appreciate that Thanks man so much, the people's man. advisor coming at you Andy, Dane, Carter your boy CEO accredited live from the All Mindset Studio check him out make sure to tune in to the Bulletproof Real estate podcast. Thank you again, Andy, for spending time with us, man. Thank you, gentlemen.